Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. first time we've had the uh the whole whole gang together in a few weeks uh it's good good to have have everybody on and and our new our new wildlife correspondent moose what's up moose um but uh the you know the pandemic rages on uh and uh one of the things that i know at, at the very least that Pierce and I have talked about a lot over the last year is that uh, one of the ways that your life has changed is that it's, it's kind of sucked away a lot of the time that you would spend listening to music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not, however, seem to have affected in any meaningful way uh, the amount of time that you spend watching movies. No, quite, quite the inverse. And, and uh, as I, you know, watch a lot of movies, which we've mentioned before, but uh, has really allowed me the opportunity to make the most of streaming services. And I don't just mean the realization I had last night, which is that I cannot imagine going back to a movie theater and not being able to pause to use the bathroom like at least twice. Like I'm never going to be able to return to that. Um, uh, you, you know, it's bad when I'm like comparing myself to my dog. And I'm like, man, the dog is like better at control than I am. But in any case, it, I've I've started to explore like different types of movies. There was a point where I watched a bunch of Hitchcock movies. We talked about watching Ooh. all the Marvel movies, which is something that you can do. Yeah. But I I had this this goal at the start of this month, and as as I keep track of not just movies but also TV shows, which suck a lot of time. Um, I challenged myself, and I made it through I think twenty days, uh, and. It wasn't just my fault, but the person with whom I live was getting tired of only watching animated films and television shows. Um, and so I scoured the different, uh, you know, the different streaming services to watch animated TV shows, which is something I'd really never done, animated movies, um, even to the point of reading a New Yorker article about an animation studio cartoon saloon, which will come up later here i'm sure but um yeah i you know the ultimate thing that i've come out of it is we need to give more credence and thought to animated movies and not just as i saw again and again with these services putting it in the kids category that's so not fair i mean and max i would kick it over to you actually start because you are kind of maybe most pro animation out of all of us, or at least you have introduced others to animation amongst us. Um, sure. I like, I like animation. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, the I'm most saying pro. that you are carrying the flag. You know, okay. You, I mean, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that animation can be for more than just children for sure. I mean, I, right off the bat, you can say that there's, there's clearly animation for children. Like there just is clearly lots of it. There's mm-hmm. animation for, like, teenagers, because I would say shows like Family Guy and 
and whatnot that we've discussed here. And then there's the whole bunch of spinoffs and other weird shows or animation know, domination are for young people. Um, but then I think there's things like uh, some Disney movies and we might get into that, but then things like um, Studio Ghibli movies and like anime and certain things that can be for all ages and certainly can be appreciated by all ages. And I, I, I know some people, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I'm sure some people would say things like like Studio Ghibli is sort of like Disney of, of Japan. I, I don't th- necessarily think that's true, actually, because I think those movies are a little too dark for children. <laughs> I think they're actually better for adults and really not kids movies at all but we can talk about that (laughs) yeah no i i think that that's that's something that that i was thinking is like it's not just that there's a lot of stuff that that works well for a a broad age range it's that there has been a real i i I don't think you can call it a revival because it was it's more it's like a new development over the last you know 10-ish years where there's actually a lot of really high quality animated stuff that is targeted specifically at adults. Maybe not people in their fifties, mm-hmm. maybe not people like our parents' age, um, but but definitely stuff aimed at people probably around our age, and and I think that that is that makes up a lot of the animated stuff that I consume because I have not been quite as, um, as jacked into animated movies as, uh, Max appears. I, I am still, I am still waiting to, uh, to break the seal on studio Ghibli for me. Not because I'm like holding it for anything special, just because I find myself not watching movies very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have really enjoyed a lot of these kind of more mature, uh, uh, or maybe not mature because the, Archer is not mature, more adult, <laughs> uh, yeah. animated series, but, but, but by the same token, like, you know, uh, something like Bojack Horseman is really quite mature and, and really, grapples pretty frankly with questions of like what what happens when you you grow up and and you want desperately to be famous and to have people love you and then you get famous and then your tv show ends and you're not famous anymore what happens when maybe the fame never filled the hole in your heart anyway like that's the kind of heavy shit that's really not targeted for like a 16 year old. Uh, and, and so that has been a lot of the kind of stuff that I really, I really enjoy out of animated content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that what that gets into as well is, is like, you're kind of primed to enjoy it. You're watching animated TV. And I wonder, Kevin, you know, we've talked about before, you know, kind of growing up with with certain shows on TV, and I think The Simpsons and Family Guys are an example of like a, a lot of people grew up with with that. And do you think that that leaves you kind of primed to watch more animation, um, you know, now than than maybe you would have if if that's something that you hadn't grown up with? Um, I, I don't know that I would say that. I, I think often I am like more hesitant to so like Mm -hmm. because i watched 
Dragon Ball Z as a kid, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm less inclined to think of anime as something like serious to or to like to take oh. seriously. Again, I'm like Sean. I haven't really. I, I watched um, Howl's Moving Castle, which which I enjoyed, but I've been kind of waiting to get into more Studio Ghibli, but I don't really watch many movies. But anyway, just like I have that connotation that's kind of like set in me, and I, I guess a lot of people do, but. I, mm-hmm. I guess I associate it with childhood, so I, I yeah. yeah, and and I and I hear that, and that's something that you know with the Studio Ghibli movies, and like you, you know, Max made us watch Howl's Moving Castle. I say made us; it was you know we we agreed to it. Beer was involved, I think. Um, but no, it, that has been part of my job and job. Uh, that's one thing I did this month is like trying to break that of of saying no. I, I should view this in the same way I view. Any other movie, you know, there are plenty of movies that a kid can watch, but like they have themes that an, only an adult will pick up on. And what I'd come to here is a movie that you and Max and I all just watched. Um, we obviously grew up with Pixar movies. I forget when Toy Story came out. It was like 94, 95 range. Um, so we have been watching those for, for you know over 20 years now. We watched Soul, and Soul is a Pixar movie. It is in some ways expected to be a kid's movie, but like Inside Out and like Wally, and really like all of them, we had a discussion right after we watched it over like register your opinion as an adult on this movie. And that that to me is like the biggest thing is like it is expected in some ways that you've seen that movie and then also you have engaged with it thoughtfully. Um, and I think that speaks to, yeah, it's a movie kids can watch, but it is an adult movie without being an adult move, you know, entity in the way that Archer is, for instance. Yeah, I think Pixar, like, I, I don't know that other animation studios or movies were like try as hard to make that happen as Pixar does. Mm-hmm. Like, Pix, I'm pretty sure Pixar goes out on a mission where it's like we're gonna have a we're gonna have a movie that is appealing to kids, but is going to be like it's gonna just hit the the basic like human emotions and play like the music that really gets to you. Yeah, and as yeah. unless you're like really resisting against it, it's, I don't know. You, it's kind of they they do what they're they're trying to do. No, they're they are totally they are the kings of the the onion movie where there's like there are there are layers where you know if you come into it with you know if you come into it as a child with a certain level of life experience behind you, like the movie means one thing. And if you're older and maybe have been through a little more, it doesn't necessarily mean something different, but it means something a little deeper. And there are, there are nuances and and things that you can grasp there that, you know, an 11 year old doesn't necessarily have kind of, you know, just doesn't have the the horsepower just like hasn't hasn't lived enough life to wrap their heads around I me mean, like you know some movies like coco uh up which i, I i'm also t- talking about a lot of movies that i i haven't seen so mm-hmm. uh but like up it, more or less everyone who talks about up i think you know seeing it as an adult talks about how it is a devastatingly sad movie and like that is not something you know when we talk about like what what the connotation of something being targeted for children means typically it 
at least I think it carries an idea that something is going to be upbeat and positive and even if things get hairy for a little while they'll all be resolved very neatly at the end mm-hmm. uh, and and the way the way that up gets talked about the way that um, Wally occurs like I, I and I've seen I think I've seen most of Wally but I don't know that I've ever seen it all the way through in like in one package mm-hmm. um, like it is not it's not like that and and so i think that that's something that's really admirable is is that you know is that ability to have something that will will hit everyone who sees it in a slightly different way you and, you haven't seen wally coco or up no i haven't seen what coco are we doing because, recording a podcast right now well, man I, <laughs> I haven't seen coco either because i've heard that it's just so devastating and everyone just cries the whole time what Max, you, you, we have talked about this before. You interact with movies a little bit differently, so this is not surprising that you said that. But I have had multiple people tell me that uh, that Coco makes you cry, uh, like, the whole movie. Coco is beautiful and lovely, and there are parts that are emotional, but I don't think you'd cry during the whole movie. In any case, I, I think that different people reacting differently but and these are very good movies that max you were saying as an adult sean should be watching and what i'm thinking too going back to the studio (laughs) thinking back to the studio ghibli movies which are very cute they have lovable characters there's there's a really good movie where the main character is a man who was turned into a pig and they don't really explain it ever um (laughs) But the other thing, Max, is you went and watched one um, last week, and as I just went through and watched them as an adult, they are largely commentaries on um, the the climate crisis, and uh, that's one thing that I kept thinking about again and again. And these are also from the late '80s into the early '90s, and I was very taken by the fact that, I mean, I just can't. I I wonder what it was like to view them then because now there's mm-hmm. awareness of of the climate crisis and everything just how powerful that commentary is and and so these are not uh, you know not only children's movies but at the same time these lessons are important for the whole gambit and so I appreciate mm-hmm. that that is that is there for you to recognize or not yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I watched um, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, which is actually, I believe you suggested Miyazaki's first film, which came out in 1984. Uh, and it was fantastic, and I loved the soundtrack. But to your point, yeah, almost all of his, I shouldn't say almost all of his films, but a lot of them, and certainly a lot of the ones that I've seen, do really center around this kind of same theme of kind of dystopian because of environment factors and and climate mm-hmm. changing and a few group a small group of of human protagonists trying to basically save the climate from greedy capitalists yeah uh and yeah no i would absolutely agree that i mean i would argue i mean i, I don't know what what the takeaway is for for children from those movies but there's absolutely value in watching those as, as an adult for sure yeah i mean isn't that isn't that the goal of bumping soundtrack yeah, uh, isn't that the goal of a lot of uh, children's books or quote unquote children's books? Though, is to like have a clear story. Like, here's the hero, here's the conflict, they win, but there is a fable in it. There is there's a clear message, and and maybe that's what we lose out on in stuff like Sopranos and Breaking Bad. And 
I don't know, pick pick your pick your movie, The Irishman. It's like there's there's not really a message at the end, but there are plenty of things to appreciate. And I would say also as I watched Pixar movies, Studio Ghibli movies, Cartoon Saloon, which I highly recommend. Um, There's a, a movie called Wolfwalkers that just came out in the the animation. You see the way that that they do it and their different approaches, and just like the cinematography or the de-aging process of the Irishman or, or something like that. It's good to also watch these because they're making a movie in a way that I just completely, I know how you film a person. Like I, I get that. I know there's a lot involved, but how do you film animation? I'm so now fascinated by that and want to learn about it. And that's just something I had never considered before. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, the, the point about, the point about teaching, I think, is a really good and instructive one because on some on some level or other, every story that's targeted to children is, you know, I, I think is designed to impart some sort of lesson. They teach, you know, you, you mentioned fables, and, and fables teach lessons about maybe you call them morals maybe you call them values but like you know the principles by which one lives a a good life whatever a good life means usually it seems to be some some variant on like how to be you know how to be part of something bigger than you how to how to see the bigger picture you know the i think like the the tortoise and the hare um you know is a story about the value of humility uh, and and about the need to not be short-sighted uh, and, and, you know, not judging a, a book by its cover and, and all that stuff. But, like, those those lessons are often very simple in nature. And so, so when, uh, when you're basing your story on those things... I think it leaves a lot of room for a studio for for Pixar for Miyazaki and, and Studio Ghibli to add in things around that uh, because you you know you have your you kind of have your fundamental plot and your themes laid out pretty neatly for you already and don't maybe have to spend quite as much time working on that stuff and so you can do interesting things with like with character development and, and use, use those characters to, to impart kind of, you know, second and third level things on top of that, that I find really cool. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a, a good point. And I, I think especially in, in movies, it's cause it, it all feels new. It's not like I was watching. Well, I did watch Shrek and Shrek too. So I did watch some sequels where there's, there's all already the built in, but especially with that in terms of, of TV shows, I think of one that I I watched, I've been watching Over the Garden Wall, which is a really cool, the 11-minute um, cartoon TV format, which we don't necessarily realize, but when we watched cartoons growing up, it was probably a lot of 11-minute cartoons where there's like, in one episode, there are actually like two and there might be a little uh, side thing going on. I think of like Rocky and Bullwinkle, maybe that's that's that. And you have like Mr. Peabody is the bridge. Um, but 
another thing with with these characters that I find appealing, even in something like Bob's Burgers, which is, you know, it's just very comforting. There's there's something about these animated characters that is super comforting. I think even The Simpsons, um, there's something very comforting about going back to this family every week. And especially in modern TV where you have to worry about, oh, is there going to be is there going to be, you know, a meth bust on the show this week? Or is Don Draper going to really go off the rails this time? There's a consistency with the way these are structured that is is really nice. And maybe that's distilling it too far. But I mean, I can imagine back in the day, like watching the King of the Hill is like, let me I mean, Kevin was that on like Sunday night, you just sit down, I guess, and watch King of the Hill and feel like, I am completing this my week in a way that is very satisfying. Um, maybe you did. I did not watch King of the Hill. <laughs> well, I know. I wasn't allowed to, but I bet it would have been nice. And I know Bob's Burgers no, is on, I think, Sundays, maybe. I, yeah. I did a bit. I didn't appreciate King of the Hill when I was a kid. That's well, that's think, a darker show than The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it definitely is. I think the thing that it allows is... it. I mean, it, it kind of allows it to become a background thing if you need to, which... It can be very comforting. It's kind of, I get, I kind of think it that similarly to The Office, where it's just like it's nice to have it on, and The Office has a bit more of an overarching plot, but overall, every episode is pretty independent of each other. Yeah, I think there's, I think there is something refreshingly uncomplicated about putting on Bob's Burgers and and knowing pretty well going in that uh, I, I'm not going to have to think about how many women is Bob Belcher going to slap in this episode? Uh, which is a, a tough, tough thing for me. I've been watching The Sopranos and oh. have have kind of had to uh, pause a couple times and, and uh, think, man, this, uh, this, you know, quote unquote, universally beloved show from the golden age of television uh, really sanctions and condones a shocking amount of physical violence against women um and, i gotta and consider look, the audience and, and men too it basically mm-hmm. it condones a great deal of shocking physical violence generally but uh but like you know tuca and birdie isn't gonna have somebody getting bitch slapped it's just like a delightful show about friendship and 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 it's also that's an interesting example because Tuke and Birdie is kind of like an offshoot of the Bojack Horseman uh universe where where they actually will include some some pretty weighty stuff about you know about the things that you have to think about in life about like uh you know what happens when you have a long-standing friendship with someone and like your your roommates that live together and then somebody decides that it's time for them to move in with their significant other you know what what happens when it feels like your friend is leaving you uh, but even even still like it's uh it's just packaged in a more appealing way yeah and so there there's something that's that's comforting in that presentation even as the show deals with complex emotional topics. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going back to that, that point of, of having something on the background, something that, that's comforting. I mean, Kevin, uh, 
you mentioned Dragon Ball Z. Do you feel like that is a very different watch and that that is not something that you can just have on? You have to be more invested in? Uh, well, it, it's serialized, so it's very much, um, yeah, like an overarching story is kind of yeah. all it is. But I mean, the, the joke with Dragon Ball Z is that only like two minutes of stuff actually happens in every episode and the rest of the episode is everyone powering up but um <laughs> it's an nfl game but yeah yeah right. essentially yeah I, I, and i mean is that something that you think that you would you would ever revisit if it was like readily and easily accessible um, only for nostalgia purposes okay. but nothing nothing beyond that oh, i'm just i'm just interested because i haven't and i guess we we have said a lot that is positive about animation, but I yeah. do want to give credit where credit is due because there are shows that, and a lot of them I think, Adult Swim shows and and one very notably, which maybe try like there are some gatekeepers of the uh, of the shows that feel like if you don't get it, you're you're just a noob and whatever. I remember in school somebody had me watch some Xavier Renegade Angel episodes. I don't know if you all are familiar with that, but it's it's a it is a very unsettling like uh, adult swim type show. I mean, even something like Courage the Cowardly Dog, which was around when when we were in Nickelodeon that we have not mentioned at all, which is kind of wild. Um they had Ren Stu- Ren Simpy and Ah Real Monsters Rocco's and shows like that. And now, and now they just show yeah. NFL games. <laughs> 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 How far we've come. <laughs> But I mean, I'm I'm interested in that too. Is like, do you think that maybe we are in some ways when animation is discussed and people kind of push it off? Is it the kids aspect, and then also this maybe darker aspect of things that are actually dark and people being, oh, you just don't get it if you don't enjoy it. Huh. Rick and Morty is obviously the, the 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 elephant in the room here. Is Rick and Morty dark though? I. No, it's not. It's not dark. It's just very. It's it's very adult. It's crude. Uh, interesting. It's cr- yeah, it's crude. Uh, yeah. I, I I wouldn't call Rick and Morty particularly adult from the very small amount that I've ever seen. So so we have spent a lot of time. We've we've devoted a lot of oxygen to what feels like a new development, which is kind of more mature, more adult and thoughtful animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. But but none of that is to say that that is uh, the only or even the uh, the predominant yeah. animation now. I mean, like you know, Rick and Morty and Adventure Time and and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Like those are still very much like uh, kind of the the classic version of what you might think of as like a, an animated show that is targeted for a slightly older audience in that it is crude um, mm-hmm. in the way that, like, Beavis and Butthead is very crude and crass, but there's not the same, like, there's not the same redeeming value. Like, they're not, they're not sneaking your vegetables in there into your bowl of sugary cereal in the same way that something like BoJack Horseman does. So... There, there definitely is still a lane for, um, not a, not like, not lowest. I wouldn't call it lowest common denominator because that's not really what it is. Um, 
but m- just sort of like for appealing kind of directly to the sensory overload pleasure centers of your brain. Yeah, and I think there's bad animation like there's sure. bad lots of things. So like what I was what I was wondering is so when Pierce and Max uh, express their lofty goals. Um, Max having a dry January and Pierce doing the <laughs> animated thing. Well, I didn't think either of you would make it, but I certainly thought Pierce would last longer than Max. So, it, Pierce, it was, was it I, was it a lack of stuff to keep you interested? A lack of good animation to keep you interested? What was like the missing? What made you break? Um. So I've actually, as far as movies go, I have only watched. One movie, because I made, of course, I made a spreadsheet for this because I've started doing that. That's easier than doing notes on my phone. Um, I've only watched one movie that wasn't animated through the month, and I've watched probably 20 movies. Um, and I watched the first three episodes of WandaVision this weekend. That, that was really me cracking. Um, the reason I stopped is because I'm usually not watching movies alone, and uh, the person with whom I live was fed up with animated movies, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, they, they they didn't they didn't know that they were signing up for that, um, and and also also like didn't even I mean, mention it. No, I I did. And what's and February? It was, I'm, it was kind of a I'm asking for someone else. <laughs> yeah, asking for a friend. Um, uh, but no, I mean, I enjoyed it, but like, especially some of the Studio Ghibli movies, they get a little too cute. And when you're watching like Chicken Run and Monsters, Inc. and Ponyo in the same week, it's like you'll hit a limit and, and someone is like, I just want to watch Riverdale without you around. <laughs> and, and so, and so, you know, you, you, you meet them on that. I think I'm going to try to round it out. There are some studio Ghibli movies I'd like to watch. I would watch spirited away again. I'd watch Howl's moving castle again, but as always, you're, you're kind of limited by the participation, especially in this pandemic time, the participation of the people you live with because you're on top of one another 24 hours a day. Right. Um, Max seems like you've gotten you've gotten good buy-in on the, the dry January in such a way that, that uh, you, can, you can be consistent. You can hold one another accountable. No one is holding me accountable for being, make sure that that's animated over there. Well, and, and also just like if, you know, if you're if both of you are doing a dry January thing and one of you decides that you're done and wants to break it, like it's it's probably not terribly hard for the other person to continue it if they would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, if you've got one TV in the house, if there's the one TV that you watch movies on. Uh, there's not a whole lot of avoidance that can be done on that front. So I, I'm looking forward to uh, to getting the report on uh, all David Lynch February. Uh, that that would probably be embraced in my apartment. Um, I'm trying to do okay. Uh, fine, up the ante. Watch a racer head every day for a month. No, speaking of dark things, I don't really want to watch that one. <laughs> no, I, I don't think you should. Well, I guess the other thing, Pierce, you did that if in order to see like human faces on the TV, like to get that outlet out of your system, you watched Atlanta Hawks games, I guess. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those aren't animated. That, 
I mean, they're animated in a way. It's mostly Dominique Wilkins saying animated things, which are the best parts of the game. But otherwise, uh, that's it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, uh, the the fact that we're we're starting to to drift into Atlanta Hawks talk means that maybe we should uh, put out a, a little little cattle call for for final thoughts before we move on. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess the, I guess the, the moral of the story, I guess, I guess the, uh, the, the fable that we've been imparting to you this whole time is that, uh, there's a lot of really good animated stuff out there and, and you should, you should go, go check some of it out. Uh, yeah. especially, especially if you've spent a long time thinking of yourself as someone who is not into animated stuff. I think mm-hmm. there is a pretty good chance you're going to happen to find something that you quite like. And and I will say that honestly, the best thing I watched was probably the first thing I watched. And went out of all these, and when I say the first thing I watched, I mean my favorite movie that that we watched this month has been Robin Hood, the animated one. It's 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 an hour and twenty minutes. It's the perfect length for a movie. You cannot have to go to the bathroom during it, and it's just so comforting. And it's a good, fun story. And there are a lot of laughs in it. So yeah, and uh, don't. Don't don't spring uh, don't spring month long movie marathons on your roommate or significant other uh, yeah. without talking about it first. <laughs> yeah, it was discussed sort of, but anyways. <laughs> All right, we will move on now as we do to Pierce's sorry. So what are you apologizing for today? Um, there is a beer and bottle shop, um, like a one minute walk from my apartment building, which is really, really nice. And I, I try to go there when I'm thinking of buying beer. I, I try to go there because I want to support them. I think it's a good shop. We've discussed right now for small businesses, it's got to be really tough. Maybe not for small alcohol businesses, but other small businesses. Um, and so keeping that, I, I go there. And they have like a cold beer section, I think, and uh, it's very, it's pretty well stocked. But I think their focus may be more like bourbon and whiskey and, you know, flavored vodka, which is, you know, in vogue. Um, So I always will, like, look around at their beer, but I don't want to make too much of a scene. So I try to quickly glance, not standing there with the the fridge open for a while. Um, So I I made an error recently, and um, I... It, it's on me and what's bad is I kind of thought less of them for a moment but then as I kind of led into here I am saying like I am not maybe their normal customer their normal customer is not necessarily a beer drinker it might be a wine drinker it might be a, a bourbon drinker um, but you know with, with beer labels you, you have to be mindful that for some freshness matters especially if they have a bunch of crap added to them at the end or they're supposed to take like taste like a slurpee or whatever i had you know an ipa that that is supposed to be drunk really fresh and sometimes i'll lift up the the can to look at the bottom but i had this this trust relationship with them there and uh i i got the beer and and walked out and and did not i failed to look at that so i'm sorry for thinking less of them for not being on top of their beer when in reality it was just not me looking at not even at the bottom of the can which is maybe more understandable but there was actually a sticker on the six-pack holder that said exactly when it needed to be drunk by and i failed to read that so as always we're pro reading make sure you read 
and it is your bad if you don't read, not the purveyor. Did, did you so, buy like a what? beer that was supposed to be consumed in 2018? Yeah, were they no, said ex- selling expired beer. I don't understand. It wasn't. It wasn't expired. It was just one of those like double IPAs that is very hazy, and so you're supposed to drink it in like two months. And it was canned in like July. So and I and I got it a couple weeks ago. So it was very much like you can taste it. It is. It is wrong. And so I thought I'm like I must return this, but it was my fault <laughs> because it was stamped on there and like. It's one thing if it's on the bottom of the can or on the side, but like this is an instance where like no, I was being a bad consumer, and so my thought was I'm blaming them, but that was wrong, and I've subsequently gone back, and I'm a little more conscious of a consumer, but that's not their fault. I have I do have one other follow up question that I think all three of us had, uh, which is that you are aware that the the doors of refrigeration units in these stores are made of glass yes you can look through them without ever (laughs) opening the door even once well but they don't put that type of label on a place that's visible and you also have to realize that i am my vision is increasingly bad so i can't see that well (laughs) so so i go in there and we'll wait until i'm pretty sure i'm gonna buy a beer and then i get it out and look underneath so i lift it up like an idiot in the store right but you're concerned about you you've you've expressed a concern about standing there with the door open for a long time when you can do nine steps of the 10 step process you could do nine and a half steps of the 10 step process with the door closed this is why it's all the better that there are only a limited number of people out in stores right now because only so many people can feel embarrassed by what i am doing (laughs) maybe you should stick to the flavored vodka at that store (laughs) yeah no one should stick to the flavored vodka ever but uh Anyway, uh, let's let's close the show with a big idea from pop culture, and and you kind of uh, you you kind of already alluded to to one of the things that uh, that I have been enjoying. So I, I've been uh, kind of in the process. I have essentially been in the process of moving from uh, the Maryland side of DC to Richmond for six weeks now. Uh, with you know, with a a break in the middle for, uh, for some, uh, Christmas holiday time at home with family, uh, but I I am finally like fully unpacked and and set up and everything, and so I have been kind of crawling out of my, uh, my I'm only focused on moving and starting a new job hole, um, but I'm just easing out of it, and uh, one of the ways that I eased out of it is that uh i uh i made a a purchase to support a a small business i mean restaurants are still being hit really hard all Um. over the country and so um between that and the fact that i have moved uh i am no longer in a position to eat half smokes at ben's chili bowl i am however in a position to wear my spiffy new Ben's T-shirt. Oh, uh, which, nice! Which arrived uh, in the mail sometime last week. Uh, so, so I, I'm I'm enjoying being able to, uh, you know, now that I am 
out of school and like getting a paycheck again, uh, being able to kind of help support some of these places in, in whatever small way that I can and trying to find new places here in Richmond to do that for as well. Um, but I also have been uh, playing the guitar a little more. Um, and part of that is that I uh, have just kind of set aside time to spend 10, 15 minutes a day uh, picking around. And part of it is that I uh, I got a new guitar. I, 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 uh, I do this every so often, like especially moves are kind of a good time for it. Uh, we'll like clean out all of my stuff and turn into a, a bit of a, a Craigslist maven and I like sold all of my music gear pretty much and uh, purchased a, a, a wonderful acoustic guitar that I, I, I quite enjoy. Uh, and, and we were, <laughs> we were talking a little bit earlier today about a, 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 a Twitter thread that someone put together about the kind of the drive t- for people to monetize their hobbies and, uh, in a way that I I find really discomforting, and I think we probably all do a little bit too. And so I just have been really enjoying that it's a thing that I have no intention of ever trying to make money on. I just like it's truly just a, a fun thing for me alone in my apartment. So you know, maybe it's playing the guitar for you, maybe it's knitting or needle pointing or, or something like that. But you know. Having having hobbies is really good, uh, and mm-hmm. and can help uh, help ease the the stress of moving and starting a new job. So, very yeah. we're pro reading, we're pro hobbies, uh, we are we're pro supporting local businesses when you can. All all sort of general tenets of the show, I would I would say. <laughs> and make yeah. the most out of your streaming services. Hot dog. <laughs> But if if there is any advertisers such as uh, Warby Parker or Allbirds that want to sponsor the podcast, yeah. let us know. Yeah, yes. or MeUndies. I've never had a pair. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah that that would be that would be the day we 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 get sponsorships. I mean, look, Warby, hit us up. You've got what? Do you have? Do they have seventy five percent coverage of the It's Pretty Okay staff at this point. Or is it just fifty? Yeah, I mean, Kevin. Kevin doesn't wear glasses, but I have a pair. Okay, right, then but, it's then yeah. Yeah, but when I can extend my benefits to my spouse, then by uh, association, true, it'll be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of yeah. households. So, yeah. So, so Warby, Warby, come get us. Uh, you know, look, sponsoring the cost of four pairs of glasses a year not that expensive for you your glasses are cheap as shit so uh we're yeah we are we are here <laughs> we are here and our our bank account is open so uh yes. yeah come 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 get your mans warby parker um all right now now that we've now that we've done that shameless tell warby when to, where to send the email <laughs> that's right uh you can find us at our home on the web www.preokpod.com or drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail.com. Uh, you can find episodes of the show on the site, or you can subscribe to the podcast feed on your podcast catcher of choice. If you do that, please do us one quick favor, leave a rating review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. 
We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening.